episode 135 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our Games of the Month for December 2023. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about what we played, what we liked, and what we're getting rid of this month. We'll have our first ever Game of the Month of the Year episode coming up soon, which we'll discuss a bit at the end of this episode. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our Game of the Month. Ho, ho, ho. Christmas. December. We're really getting to the bottom of the barrel with openings here in 2023, but we are close to the new year. We aren't in it yet. A lot of times we record the game of the month in the beginning of the next month. We're doing this a little early so that we can get some other end of the year episodes done actually before the yeah, end of the year. That's it. Yeah. When we did our November episode, we kind of cheated and pulled some December games into it. So for the how many games were played and what games were played. I'm going to go ahead and actually give the real December stats. But then we're just going to cover the... But then for our actual picks, we're not going to cover the games that we already picked from before. Got it. Okay. So diving right into the month in review, the number of games played uh, total was 28 plays of 24 games. That was for me. You had 23 plays of 20 games. And the games that were played are... Sale, Re Go Plus, Lacrimosa, Tilatum, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, Collector's Edition, Exit the Game, The Advent Calendar, Hunt for the Golden Book, Rise, Challengers, Caper, Morden Morosa, Tidal Blades Banner Festival, Mist Over Carcassonne, Battle Line, Builders High, Crokinole, Framework, Infiltrators, Whirling Ridgecraft, Newsboys, Rafter 5, Exit the Game, The House of Riddles, Woodcraft, Walking in Burano, and The Gig. The game that was played the most was Sale. We played that three times. The games added to the collection were Freelancers, a Crossroads game, The Gig, Sale, Making Manhattan, Rafter 5, Apropos of Board Games, Ancient Realm, Sprawlopolis, Exit the Game, The House of Riddles, and Exit the Game, The Pharaoh's Tomb. As far as games sold, there is a cold list of 83 games. I was trying to get to... 100 games because that would be a quarter of our collection i don't know if i'm going to be able to add 17 more and right now we're kind of sending games to friends and acquaintances and then we may try other marketplaces to sell the rest but they will there will be a separate episode calling episode that covers all of that and where and with who do we play games we did play at pax which we've talked about in another episode so we're not going to cover those games here we also played at indie coffee roasters and quills coffee here in town and we played at my family's house because we played the exit game there over christmas who do we play with family with one another and then um our board game friends at pax U. yeah so that's the very that was a rapid fire review oh. of everything we played yeah, and I think we had some uh, we had some good times. Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe we... even maybe even great times. Anyways, we're gonna do back to the table collection and game of the month. Got it. And you are ready for your back to the table. Absolutely, I am. Great. All right, I would like to play Title Blades again. Okay. We played Title Blades at the coffee shop. This we... is not. Now there's a different game that's called Title Blades. This is called Title, Title Blades, Blades Banner, Banner Festival, Festival, which is a little. Kind of trick-taking-ish, but not really, but it's that sort of feeling. It's a little yeah. card game, I think. I don't know. I've never played the original, the main title blades to compare it to. I don't know, oh. but I think it's just thematically in the same world. I don't know that there's any cards or any... I don't know how similar it is to the main game. Well, there's a board in addition to the trick-taking, and I yeah. think one of the things that we talked about after having played it is that at two players, it does a really nice job of not feeling 
kind of like, you know, sometimes you play a two t- two player trick taking game. It feels a lot like a predetermined kind of you play your card, I well, play my card. And there's only with just the cards there, it fe- there's only so many options. There are some unique things that have been done with it, uh, where usually one person's trying to win, one person's trying to lose or some kind of combination of that at any given time. Banner Festival adds in, you get something, there's a certain thing that happens when you win the hand, uh, something happens when you lose, and when you get in the middle. So for two players, you flip over two dummy cards, one before you play any cards, and then one after you've played your cards. Yeah, so there's some, yeah, you don't know. So you don't know exactly where you're going to rank. You might have a pretty good idea. Every once in a while, there's some absolutes about like, you know you're going to be the highest, you know you're going to be the lowest. But otherwise, you might be aiming to be in the middle and then find yourself surprisingly on top or on bottom. Well, and what it, what I think you're alluding to, but haven't like said exactly is, mm-hmm. it's not like if you win the trick, you win. Otherwise, you get nothing. If you are stuff. the winner of the trick, you get to take a type of action. If you are in the middle between your card and the three others, the both your opponent and the two dummy cards, if you're playing with two players or you know other people, if you're playing with more, then you take a different action. And if you lose the trick, you take a, a third action. And the losing tricks can actually be pretty powerful. So there's like this weird dynamic about which of the three actions you want to take. So it's not just like play the highest card. And then there's this randomization of what suit. There's four suits, 10 cards each. And there's a randomization of which suits are more powerful. nine cards, unless you're playing with more people, because there's a zero that gets added. Otherwise, it's one to nine. Yeah. Well, I was playing with I was thinking of the odd card in the... The, the zero that we yeah, didn't play with, we didn't right? play with, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it does change when you have your hand. It's not that you get dealt a hand and then you know that purple is the like trump suit. It's going to change as things move, and you can't exactly predict when it's going to change. Right. So when you just get your hand, it's hard to kind of get a sense of how good or bad it is. It you kind of find that out as you go, and you have to just adapt to where your different cards are ranking at any given point. Yeah. And I felt like it was a game that has a wide variety of strategies that can be played. We played it once. I was entertained. Mm. I would like to play it again and see if I could push it around a little bit differently. Yeah. I I liked it a lot too. My back to the table, which you hated. Oh, is my back to the table going to be the, is your back to the table going to be my call? Well, probably. My back to the table is going to be whirling witchcraft. Absolutely. Because we had a very strange play of it. Aaron had a, when you, uh, there's individual player powers. And generally speaking, you are trying to transform resources and push them off on your neighbor and hope that they don't have a place to store them. That's, that's the whole idea. Aaron started with one of, an, one of the individual player powers that gave him a lot of starting resources. Which can be good because then you can put those into more powerful cards and probably push more off onto your opponent. I started with one where I didn't really have a power per se, but I just was able to start with a recipe that turned three white cubes into like five blue cubes. Well, Aaron started already with like five blue cubes. Right. On the first turn, did not get rid of any. On the second turn, I got a card that let me push up my what is it called? Like lore or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lore is this separate little tracker that as you play cards and push it up, you get to take these special bonus actions. Well, the card that I got lets you take each one of the bonus actions right away, basically, because it has two of each. You have to have two to to do the action. 
So I played that. It has nothing else on it. That's all it lets you do. But in being able to take all of the actions, I was able to push a whole bunch of blue to him so much that he had to put all of it. You put it in this different spot on your board. And when someone has five, like the game's over. So I was able to end the game on the second turn and win. And he was like, this is the, this is peak trash. This game should not exist. And I think that for especially a two player game, those mix of cards should not be in there. So whether that means that the lore card that gives you two of each, maybe that is a thing that shouldn't be in there. Maybe it's that the player powers are kind of incompatible. I just saw it as a fringe case in a two player game not completely invalidating the game itself just because we got this edge case. I looked on board game geek to see if I could find anyone other else being upset about it, anyone else experiencing it, not even being upset about it, just any other experiences of it being like, and I did not, I definitely didn't read everything, but I did not see anything at a glance. It's not the most popular game. So it didn't have a ton of posts overall. But I think that it's still a fun principle and just removing some two-player cards. There was no separate two-player version. Just removing some two-player cards would probably be enough to make it fun. I think that we just got like a very weird and unlikely set of cards together that were sort of a perfect storm. For a two, yeah, for a two-turn game. Yes. So I said I would play it myself two-handed a few times just to see is it does it always just end up being really swingy and unfortunate because we played it at three and had a fine time yeah at gen con yeah so yeah i was gonna play it at two just by myself because i don't think i may never get aaron to play it again which is putting it at risk anyway of being kept but i, mean, I think that it's a perfectly to, fine game you probably give me to play any game again that's i'm pretty well, agreeable anywho but that is your my back to the table rolled right into your No, in the spirit collection. of the thing, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little fun thing so we won't talk about the same game twice well, and put that in my okay. collection. Uh, well, no, I feel it's like... It's very genuine. Because there's a, there's another genuine entry into the coal list which, oh, okay. which is exit the game. Is that just because it's done? Yeah, I mean, we tore it up. Oh, so I wasn't going to pick... House of Riddles can just be in the coal, coal pile. See, and I wasn't going to pick that for a coal game. It coals itself once you play it because right. you can't play it again. Uh, it was fun to play we got both a easy on the front of the exit games because there have now been quite a few of them they have difficulty ratings um out of five we got a two out of five to take to uh christmas and then we got maybe a four, four out, of out of five to play ourselves some other time so we did take the one to christmas really didn't know if anyone would want to play and we ended up playing with my sister i will say that we breezed through it i think that Part of that was we had a good mix of... Yeah, the three of us really had different... We, we were good at different aspects of exit games. Right. We weren't all approaching the puzzle with the same mindset. So we would... Everyone on different puzzles would kind of notice something different, kind of point the group towards something different as to... And if we didn't get it the first time, like if we tried something and it wasn't the solution somebody had an, another approach almost immediately yeah, to solve it. So we, we made for a very good team in that way. I think if you get a lot of like-minded people together, it's probably not as fun. Even if it's one of the lower difficulty ones, maybe you still end up using some clues. And then Aaron and I had come off of doing the advent calendar, which I think is that technically the one that you're saying you're calling? 
Well, I was actually trying to read the House of Riddles, and then I got distracted because oh, my, okay. I clicked the wrong one in the app, and then that's I started okay. reading. That's okay. That's okay. So, yeah, we had just come off doing the advent calendar for most of the days in December. So we're really on an exit kick. And I think a little bit, once you start thinking like them, and you kind of know how the puzzles are formed, you kind of know uh, where to look for the solutions, it does get a little easier. And without giving too many spoilers, I'll say, because they often use the box. They, yeah, they, everything they tell you, especially in the advent calendar, not to throw anything away. That's not as big of a deal in the smaller exit boxes, but it, it would be a problem if you opened it up, <laughs> tossed the box, and then you would probably get stuck on a puzzle because somewhere and on I, the box they print something. And this time, they sure did print something on the box. And I was like, oh, my God, I did not even. It, slowly, it seems so obvious. Thing. I slowly evaluated the box before we started, knowing that that's a thing. And I was like, I'm going to find the thing see, that and I, weird. And I didn't even see it. Yeah, I feel like even when you know that, looking at the box, I don't know. Maybe some just, people do actually take something away from that. But I sort of feel like even if you know to look for something, you still don't know what to look for. And... It's it was, not. It was pretty fun how they used it this time. I think. Yes, yeah. it was really fun. And because they, it's not as simple as just looking at the box and being like, oh, that's the thing. Not entirely. Um, it They'll usually combine it with something else that's inside the box. That is actually how you discover pieces of the clue. So, yeah, we they do call themselves. Once we finished. We all had we all had a, a nice time. My sister actually today was uh, looking for different ones that she could take to New Year's. She's having a get together for yeah. New Year's, so she I was. Think she ordered one. I think she ordered two. Oh, look at so that! So she uh, thought that'd be a nice because they have a game a group that will sometimes play board games, but also you know rules overhead. As you know, and, and you know, when you're recommending games to friends and family members and the result is they take more interest in that game and, you know, endeavor to play it without you. That's like the best compliment you can get from someone who's trying to invite others to play games. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good fit if you like those kind of puzzles, but you don't really want to read a rule book and you know that you're not going to be like replaying it. I think the fact that it just you play it once and throw it away takes some pressure off of like feeling like you bought this thing, you played it once. You had fun and you never want to play it again. Right. Like, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with that now, how long we've been playing board games. Like, I'll buy something, play it once, get rid of it, feel perfectly fine, feel like it's a good game, feel happy with the experience. But I think if you don't have a lot of games, don't play a lot, it, it feels more of a waste. You feel obligated to keep this thing that you bought. But the exit game's like, no, 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 it's over. Yeah, you cut up the pieces. We, we've definitely cut it up. Yeah. Now, speaking of things that you would consider eligible for the call list. Yeah, uh, I am, it's already on the call list. Oh, it's already on the spreadsheet. Yeah, Lacrimosa. Oh. Because we got, from the Nerds Day sale, I got Lacrimosa, Tilatum, who knows if I'm saying that right, it, but you, you get it, and Woodcraft. And they're all kind of the same size box. It's not the same game, but they're, they're roughly in the same kind of weight genre with one another. Lacrimosa was the one that I bounced off of the hardest and I just felt like even for other historical themed games for games of that weight and kind of size just didn't feel like it was worth keeping it and playing again and seeing if I learned to love it I was like I'd just rather play one of the other games that I already have and that one I even got the folded space insert for it and I just it was just fine it just didn't 
I don't know. And it could be that same thing of, to a lesser extent, the whirling witchcraft thing of maybe it was just kind of like a bad, there are cards in there. You have to set up the deck yeah. a certain way. And I think the deck setup was the worst. Like, I, it, I ended it up started me off I a little of, sour. I kind of enjoyed the game a little bit. It took, it did take, a, it was a long learn. It was a long teach, as I recall. It, it took it a was. while. It took the whole, I think we did it in, in some evening. It, and took, it took the whole, the, I think it took the whole evening to get everything out. And I had already, punched and organized and made the folded space insert. So it was already organized in that sense. But then getting getting everything set up, it is a very specific deck set up. Even though there was this theme, to me it didn't feel like the theme was all that like exciting in it. It was very much, it kind of reminds me of Newton, but it's been so long since we played Newton. Yeah, and it's just not as good as Newton. As where there's these different areas on the board, and same thing with Darwin's Journey. There's these different areas on the board. They kind of connect to one another. You're sort of doing different things in different places, trying to get points. I don't even think I did that badly in the game. Uh, I remember the bottom part, like the music section. I got a lot of points down there that I think helped out. Yeah, I was just like, you know, this, you're, this is a game. It seems fine. And I think if I had gotten it, Instead of maybe five or six other games that are similar to it in my collection, I might have kept it. But I, it didn't make the first pass of the call. I will say that. I had like 70-ish games. Maybe, yeah, maybe right around 70. And I did like a second pass through the collection of, okay, what else can we get rid of here? And it, it did get lumped in on the second pass. In brighter news, I think we might have the same game of the month. Okay. Do you want to do it on three? No. No. You I, go first. I, I, my favorite game of the month in the game that I think is the coolest thing I've played really in a couple months, honestly, is R Eco Plus. Oh, it, I, it is. But which one of the games inside of R Eco Plus is your... Well, I mean, I think it comes in one box. It, it uses the box. same cards. I'm it giving... I'm, I mean, I obviously like the one that has the deception built into okay, it. Okay, that's but, all but I'm getting the, at. The whole game, really. So we already did a review of Builders High and R Eco Plus. So we don't really need to talk about this in depth if you want to hear more about these games. But for R Eco Plus, just briefly, it is a small box game that comes from Hobby Japan. You can get it, but it you probably... I don't know how easy it would be to get it in English, but you can probably get it in Japanese and get it sent to you. It has two games inside. They mostly use the same cards, but they are different, like distinctly different games. They're, the theme is that you're recycling things, sorting and recycling things. And in one of the games, there's this deceptive element to it where you have each of the plants in a line, different types of recycling plants. And when you play cards above the plant, you play them face up. It has to match the plant that you're playing it to. When you play them below, they're face down and you can sneak other trash in there. But once the cards have been played, they'll be evaluated to see if this plant is going to be profitable. And that will be because it doesn't have too much of the wrong kind of trash. That's it. more expensive. So that's kind of the, the gist of the first one. Of course, there's more rules than that. And in the second one, you are trying to, you're just getting these things, you're doing collections from beneath each one of the different tiles, and then yeah. you are processing them into the proper categories above each pile. And there's like four colors. So as you're processing them, you're picking up trash, basically, you know, you're picking up other recycling items to put in your hand so that you can process those. And when you get to a certain amount at the top, when you meet a certain threshold, then you get to take a point card from that related pile based on what color it is. There's this timing element to it of how am I going to play the most cards I hand because I can because if you end up with too many cards, it's not just that you discard down. 
Right. You have to keep that as waste. And those are negative points for you. So you're trying to manage your hand. So it's not always that you want to just dump the most things because maybe dumping the most things means you have to pick up a lot of things, right. which means you'll have to take a lot of trash. So you're a little bit trying to think like, well, maybe they'll be able to take this. They have less cards than me. I'll just I'll just drop one card here and I can drop one card here and maybe that will give me enough time for some of the collections to be picked up so that I don't have to take on extra trash. Yeah, so those are the two games inside the one box of our Eco Plus. We got it at Gen Con. I don't know if that publisher, Hobby Japan, goes to other North American conventions. Like, I don't really know if there are other ways to pick up this game. Uh, and it was completely a whim. Did, I didn't really know much about it. I was just riding that Gen Con high right, of right. passing a booth and buying a game like there was no tomorrow. Uh, and that's really now where we do the bulk of our board game buying. So yeah, that is both of our game of the month. You can hear us talk about it at length in the review. I was I was close to picking Tidal Blades. Oh, and we talked about it before. For the game of the month, yeah, we already talked about it a little bit because it's just better than I remember. I think that's happening more and more now because we do try to play through our whole collection. We're here at the end of the year. It didn't happen, but we did play, I think, 300 games. Yeah, yeah. We I have... think maybe more than that now this year, and that is more than what our collection started out with. So I feel like mission accomplished in a sense, not literally, but that we did play a wide variety of games. And as we do that year over year, I think it's still my favorite approach to playing games because I think it's both for the variety of things. It gets a little hard on the rules. Yeah. To be relearning all of them. And I think the bigger games suffer the most because maybe it would be true that we would play some of the bigger games more and closer together if we weren't trying to play everything. Right. And we have had fun in the past. We did like a Maracaibo, went through the play through the, the campaign and you get. Yes. Like, so it ha we have had the fun of playing big games over and over again, but it's not our mode of gameplay. No, no, not most often. And there are some big games like we have the Skyrim it's called like a Skyrim oh, the adventure game. We haven't, it's been here almost exactly a year. I think it got here last January and we haven't touched it yet. So there is sort of a penalty to, yeah, bigger games. And also I think rushing through some of the smaller games where you're just checking it off a list. But yeah, overall, I, mean, I think that it's made me also a better gamer. And then I appreciate games differently. When I do go to play new games, I think they kind of inherently make more sense right. as well. So I think it's also getting easier as time goes on to play everything in the collection. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to? Well, we are going to do a game oh. of the year. However, it will be the game of the year based on all of our games of the month. So we'll each pick God. from that list. And it's not quite, I think if we had just open it up to say, oh, I'll just pick a game of the year. It might not be something that was a game of the month because sometimes it's more as you reflect on something. Right, right. It may have, there might have just been a super unique game in one month that kind of got game of the month, even though you, it just depends on how you end up evaluating the game of the year. The game of the year might be end up being the one that you ended up recommending the most right. or just talking about the most. or so the one that kept, you know, you played in March and then you just kind of kept talking about it and kept referring back to it for one reason or another. But in any case, it will be uh, all the games that you've, I've been going back because I didn't, oh, I don't always write it down. So I've been going back 
to hear what we picked every month. Oh, so we're going to be the game of the games of the month. It'll be the game of the year of the game of the months. Got it. Yes. So we'll have that coming up. And I think, you know, we have some busy weekends in January. Yeah. And really, like, out of the next five weekends, I think three of them are already spoken for. So I don't know how easy it's going to be to dive into some of the big games that we have left unplayed. And then as that year turns over, it's sort of like the collection unlocks. Yeah. Because we have been trying to play through everything in order. So there's a little bit of a temptation to be like, well, do I leave the things that were unplayed last year? Or do we just play Century we miss it? Or do we just pick the game where it's like, oh, I just keep walking by this and not playing it because I'm trying to meet this goal of playing everything. So the things I'm looking forward to are the end of the year episodes we still have going and sort of the turnover of the new year and the new big list of games. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going to print it again because it's it's probably still tall enough to fit in our stairway, but it's longer now. Well, I mean, you could take away the 83 games you're getting rid of and then print it. It's still longer. Yeah. It's still longer. Smaller font, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe a smaller font. Maybe just a Notion doc. Uh, I, I really liked having the list and crossing things off. And I ended up redoing it a couple times. Like once there were a lot of things crossed off, I print out a new yeah. list. So yeah, we had a list hanging in our house of all of the games, games to play, the full collection of games, so that we could cross them out as we, as we went. And then when people came into our house, it became a bit of a, like even repair guys. Oh, yeah. Coming to our house and it'd be a bit of a topic of conversation of like, well, there's that many board games. So I'm looking forward to Century Gollum edition. Oh, that's what your is that your that's January the, first play? Well, that's just the 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 game that's getting unhandcuffed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean there's many. I was gonna I, I have some like more like 2024 i'm looking forward to type gaming things but i'll save those for the uh, game of the year okay yeah that works this uh we started with a ho 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 we'll end with a merry christmas it's after christmas happy new year oh my god I, it's fine Thank you so much for listening to episode 135. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. I played 408 different games this year, with 304 of those being from our collection and 175 being new to me games. Aaron played 257 games, with 217 of those being ones from our collection and 102 of them being new to him games. I'll share a few more stats at the end of our Game of the Month of the Year episode, which will be next, unless we squeeze in our review of the Exit Advent game first. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 134 more episodes headed your way, the next one being Board Games as Band Names. Adam and I had a great time with this one, and we might start doing it every year. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.